0: Welcome to Logical with L.Y. Law, the regular weekly podcast from Dubai-based law firm H.B.L. Yamalava and Pletka. I'm Tim Elliott and I'm here at the firm's offices in Jumeirah Lakes Towers with the managing partner Ludmilla Yamalava and it's nice to see you again.
1: Good to see you too.
0: So this week was going to be marriage and divorce here in the UAE but there just aren't enough hours in the day to do both. So we're going to try and do an overview of divorce and to try to keep this to the point we'll consider divorce for non-muslim couples for the purposes of this podcast divorce amongst people who identify as muslim we're going to come back to in another separate podcast so let's try and break this down uh Miller. a couple agrees it's time to go our separate ways it's a sad time it's a tough time but where do you start here in the emirates
1: not an easy question to answer in one go and um I'll, I'll give the intro on that, it really all depends. Right. It depends on a number of factors, depends on uh, the nationality of the couple and uh, where perhaps they were married, uh, whether they have children, whether they have any assets and where those children assets may be and the age of the children and the types of assets and so on and so forth. But in the simplest case, mm. um, that is let's say, An American couple, uh, both U.S. citizens and let's say they have one child and they're based here and they got married in the U.S. So in that particular case, at least, it's easy to identify the law that should apply to their divorce and perhaps a place where the divorce should be affected best. And that would be the U.S. But the UAE being what it is, there are very few couples that are that simple. Most of the time, couples here are very multifaceted in terms of nationalities, backgrounds. Um, Most of the time the spouses come from different countries with different nationalities and they might have gotten married yet in another country. Many of them actually hold citizenships in more than one country and uh, often the kids were born in yet a third country and uh, often the kids uh, hold passports that are not necessarily identical to those of the parents and so on and so forth. So in that particular case it's quite difficult to identify perhaps The venue where the divorce should be affected first, and what law should apply.
0: Okay, so let me just ask you this: Can you elect which venue that the law should apply?
1: Once again, it depends. If both parties agree, yes, then they can elect. Right. But if they do not, and let's face it, we're talking about divorces, and in most cases, divorces are by very nature uh, are acrimonious, and Mm -hmm. uh, the parties are not quite on the same page, and they're often at odds, and there are four. Finding that consensus in terms of venue and law may be difficult. Now, the default in the UAE in terms of the personal status law is Sharia. But the complexity of Sharia is that by very definition of Sharia, it only really applies to Muslims. Yet in practice, if somebody, if a couple or one of the spouses decided to apply to the local courts to apply for divorce, then by default, the court would first try to apply Sharia. And uh, parties can agree. And if they agree, then that will, their divorce will be affected under Sharia. And that's the other easiest case to, to, to do or to, um, to manage. But in most cases, that too may be very difficult to um, to agree on because, obviously, depending on who is asking for a divorce, Sharia may not be necessarily a convenient uh, law to you know, for, for both parties. And so, in for especially for uh, certain, for example, women and mothers, they may want to have the laws of, of their countries apply, in particular, within the question with the question with a guardianship for children, because under Sharia, guardianship goes with the father and custody with the mother, whereas in other jurisdictions, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a 50-50 split.
0: Let's take a case of a, uh, an American couple, for the sake of argument, U.S. couple married in the United States who have been in the UAE for some time and elect to uh, go through a divorce settlement in the courts of the United Arab Emirates. And one party, and you said divorce is acrimonious, we're all aware of that, decides it's an unsatisfactory outcome. Could you then apply uh, and elect to go through the same in the United States?
1: It's an extremely complicated question. It's, it's a very pointed question because these scenarios do happen. Mm. But it, it really depends on how their divorce was uh, was managed or administered. In other words, their divorce here in the UAE could have been administered as a settlement And that's different from a court order. So when couples approach the court, there are two ways of ultimately securing a divorce decree. One way is that ultimately, even though it starts out acrimoniously and they approach the court uh, in disagreement, at the end they decide to actually sit down and put down on paper the terms and conditions of their separation. And so in that case, the, the divorce ultimately is administered vis a vis a settlement agreement. So it's that settlement agreement that gets registered with a court. So now you have a divorce, but the divorce is supported by the settlement agreement that's agreed by both parties. That's one way of doing it. The other type of divorce is that with the parties don't reach an agreement and then in, in fact it goes to the courts. And it, because Sharia for, for the for the courts to apply Sharia in this jurisdiction, both parties really have to agree unless they're Muslim, obviously. So, if in the event they don't agree, but they both agree on the U.S. laws to be applied. Because they're both U.S. citizens, they can do that. So they can elect their own laws to be applied in the local courts. For many reasons, it's a difficult exercise because you're asking the local courts here, the U.E. courts, to look at the U.S. law and and figure out what the law is and figure out how to apply it in the context of this particular couple. Uh, that being said, it is possible, it has been done, and there have been divorces that have been administered and concluded by courts, local courts, on the basis using a foreign law. Now, let's say it's that kind of scenario, and we have now a court judgment uh, for an American couple of, couple of divorcing them. There's a final divorce decree, and that divorce decree is based on the application of U.S. laws. Now, fast forward a few months or years, and one of the one of the parties in in this couple decides to challenge that uh, that decree, Uh, then they would do so in the US. And now it's imagine bringing a court order from the UAE uh, regarding the rights of American citizens, uh, basically dissolving an American marriage. Mm. And you're trying to use this, you're trying to enforce this foreign judgment of UAE courts applying American law in the US. So you can imagine this is a very complex, but rather interesting exercise because chances are the courts may not want to enforce a foreign judgment in the US where their own laws are being applied. Chances are, and obviously, and even if they were open to enforcing it, you can imagine how the courts would want to at least, in the very least, examine to ensure that the UAE judges actually applied the U.S. laws correctly. So it's extremely complicated, but it's a a great question and certainly one that we have seen before. And certainly one that uh, the party who may want to later challenge the decree has a pretty good chance of success in, in the very least, opening up the divorce decree to interpretation before uh, a U.S. judge. In other words, having a second bite of the apple.
0: Let me take it back and take it back to basics for a second. Let's take an example of a couple from the same place. Let's use the US as the example who get divorced here, who go to the courts here in the Emirates. What is the procedure? Let's just look at the procedural aspects, the things that you have to do to initiate proceedings.
1: So their starting point will be, first, is deciding where they want this divorce to be initiated. Right. Uh, just because they're based here does not necessarily make this a natural place to start with. Right. Perhaps it's the more convenient, or, or at least on the surface, a more convenient place. But because of the nuances in, in the legal systems and, let's face it, language barrier, because anything that happens before the local courts here happens in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And so because of all these nuances, it may be that even though perceptively this may seem like a natural place to start, ultimately the parties decide to take their divorce back to the U.S. and get divorced there. So the first decision will be to decide where to to, to make is is where to start the proceedings. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, the best way to or the best venue to choose is where the assets lie. Because you may have a divorce uh, decree here in the UAE, but if most of the assets uh, that are at play are based elsewhere, it would be very difficult to enforce and, and um, challenging to enforce this foreign decree in a different jurisdiction related to those assets. So the better place to start is where the parties have most interests. Right. Uh, But again, the UAE being what it is, there are so many couples with mixed assets all over the place, it may not necessarily be a very clear choice. Uh, So if the parties decide to do, uh, to to effect their uh, divorce in the UAE, they would approach the local court and depending on what emirate they're based, let's say it's Dubai, they would approach the Dubai Family Court and that would be one or the other party would have to uh, uh, apply to the court to initiate a divorce. Uh, and the default here would be Sharia, so the court would look at Sharia and want to apply Sharia by default. However, by law, Sharia, is, because Sharia only applies to Muslims, the in order for the court to apply it, really, uh, technically speaking, both parties have to agree to the application of Sharia. Okay. If one does not agree, uh, then they could introduce a different law, and there would be the law, obviously, of that that is that they would want to use, but it has to be a justifiable place of law, which is not always easy. Uh, And then in that case, if the parties would ultimately have to, if if it's easy, if let's say both couples are from the same nationality and they were married in the same place, it would be easy for the non-consenting party to introduce and to convince the court why they need to apply, let's say, American law versus Sharia law. And uh, at that point, point, uh, well, and even before then, the courts, um, the, one of the first steps, what they do is that they organize a mediation, a mediation where both parties come forward before a judge and they try to discuss perhaps uh, an amicable settlement to their dispute and perhaps some kind of a grace period before they proceed uh, formally. These, um, these mediation proceedings do happen before the local courts, and in most cases, they can they also be conducted in in English. Uh, and um, even though it's it's also sort the of oral Mediation's are not bind non-binding, they're but they are uh, almost always a necessary step in the process. So, in other words, the courts will not proceed formally unless mediation. Uh, took place. Uh, In most cases the the courts or the judge gives parties more time to go back and reflect and think and, and have a repeat of mediation hearings and then ultimately if they don't agree and they may not agree on all on the whole series of things about the idea of a divorce the, the place of divorce the choice of law depending on what the parties argue and how they approach the court will then it may either um, give parties the one of the parties um, permission to file a case a formal case in, in the local courts um, and then at the but even at that point the other party may be able to challenge jurisdiction of that court but it would have to happen before a formal proceeding so in other words for a formal proceeding to start it has to first be filed uh, as um, a mediation so at first when you f- approach the court it's, it's it's done by form of a mediation and only after a few mediation hearings it becomes a formal court process if you will
0: okay so a formal court process is applied you then look at joint property, whether that's a home, a car, a yacht, uh, whatever it might be, that's the asset side. What of the liability side as well? I'd like to talk about that because there could be car loans, mortgages. How does that, uh, how does that work in there?
1: Well, you used two interesting words. Uh, One was joint and the other is liability. And that is because this is really where the question of the choice of law becomes essential. And that is if you, if you apply Sharia to a divorce under Sharia, each party walks away with its own interests and, and whatever is, is yours is yours, whatever is mine is mine. So in other words, if you and I have a property together that we own jointly, uh, my 50% is my 50%, your 50% is your 50%. So upon application of Sharia, we're not dividing up that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your 50% you walk away with and I'm walking away with mine. Uh, by the same token, if the property in which we live is only, let's say, in your name, 100%, I don't have a claim to it. That's under Sharia. And so that's why the choice of law is very important. Because if it's Sharia that's that's uh, that's applied, and in that case, to answer your question, if um, if the property is yours and you have a mortgage to it, then the liability is 100% yours as well. If the property is jointly owned by us and we have a mortgage, then we're both on the hook for it. Uh, now, let's say if you apply a choice of different law, for example, either an American law, or let's, let's use one of the European laws, let's say Sweden. If you, in many of the European countries in particular, in a, all the assets that are amassed during marriage are property of, of, of spouses 50-50% or, or both parties. So in other words, even if the house is 100% in your name, 50% of it is mine. So that's why the choice of law is extremely important. And uh, so the... the, the Key here here is to convince the court that let's say we want to, or I want the American law to apply or German law to apply to our divorce and that that house is now 100% in your name should be transferred 50% to me. And that's a very challenging exercise, but possible. Uh, and this is why it's important for parties to know ahead of time what all the nuances are so that they can effectively agree on one choice of venue to start the proceedings so that they don't potentially have multiple cases going on at the same time, which happens quite frequently.
0: Can we come to liabilities as well? Is it safe to assume, or reasonably safe to assume, or not, that if you have joint ownership of a property, but there is a mortgage on that property, then it is a 50-50. Liability.
1: Correct. And this is also an interesting question because often we are asked about, in, in case of divorce, but one of the parties, well, let's say my husband has a car loan and am I going to be responsible for it? Or I, uh, my husband has a credit card loan. Am I going to be responsible for it? So here by default, just because you are married, the responsibility is not joint. So just if now that same bank account uh, was jointly, had both... Uh, both parties name on it then yes then the liability will be shared uh, but just because we were married your bank account uh, I'm not responsible for liabilities um, on your bank account just like I don't have the benefit of that bank account just because or by virtue of our marriage
0: children Neither assets nor liabilities, or some people would argue they are both, I suppose. But um, let's take the example that we have here of the U.S. couple who elect to divorce under uh, the UAE court system under Sharia.
1: So um, it can be very complex. It could be very simple. depends on the demographic of the family or the fabric of the family at the time of the divorce the general rule in the sharia is that uh, the guardianship follows the father the custody follows the mother now guardianship in short is a long-term legal right to make decisions about the children's um, well-being or children's interest custody refers more to physical uh, physical like, possession of the kids mm. and so but it also, but custody also depends on the age of the children uh, and the gender of the children. Uh, so it really depends. But usually minor children follow, the custody of minor children follows the mother until certain ages. And at, after a certain age, then the, they, they would, it would basically be passed on to the
0: father. What would that uh, certain age be?
1: So for boys it's 11 and for girls it's 13. But most of the judges here in the UAE, perhaps um, it's somewhat different in other, uh, in other countries, but in the UAE, judges tend to keep minor kids together. So even let's say you had a boy who was 12 and he had a, a sister who was seven, chances are that judges will, issue, will allow the mother to keep custody of both so that um, to keep children together and not separate them.
0: We're looking specifically at divorce for couples who are non-Muslim here in the UAE, and there, there is so much more to this. But let's just recap as briefly as we possibly can. A little bit. I know it's tough, and just go over once again, how, how would you conclude this discussion?
1: The way I'd like to conclude this is that the, my advice is for parties to go back to their home country and uh, initiate divorce there. Uh, either that or agree, and as difficult as it may be, but on an amicable separation here. Uh, and uh, in, most of our, in most cases, we see the parties ultimately end up doing exactly that, and that is settling or coming up with a, some sort of a settlement formula to, uh, to formalize their divorce here because it's just more convenient. Uh, so my advice is just go, go back to your, uh, your, hun- your, your country of origin Uh, or agree on amicable separation here uh, so as to ensure that uh, ultimately the well-being of the children is um, unaffected in the long run and that assets, that that the enforcement of a divorce decree is uh, effective vis-a-vis the assets um, which will fall under.
0: That's it for another edition of The Logical Podcast. Ludmilla Yamalava is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalava & Plefka. As ever, thank you. Thank you. Next time on The Logical Podcast, we'll be discussing divorce again, but amongst Muslim couples.